Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. China are now complaining that uh, Chinese authorities in the city have subjected them to forced evictions, arbitrary quarantines, and mass coronavirus testing as the country seeks to contain cases of uh, important, imported infections. China, however, says that while it has managed to contain the spread of uh, local infections, there have been cases linked to the Nigerian community in the city that uh, have sparked the alleged discrimination by locals and uh, officials charged with the prevention of infections. Authorities say that Guangzhou had confirmed 114 important, imported coronavirus cases as of Thursday, uh, 16 of which were Africans. The rest were returning Chinese nationals. Media reports indicate that several Africans have been forcibly evicted from their homes and turned away by hostels. Video footage shared on social media showed Africans sleeping on the streets like many countries across the world. China has banned foreign nationals from entering the country and many travelers are being sent into 14-day quarantine. Letters from Kenya and Sierra Leone Foreign Affairs Ministry expressed concern about the recent cases of racist abuse and sought an explanation from Chinese authorities. The virus was first reported in China last year. Kenyans in China have asked their government to evacuate them due to a rise in cases of racism. But authorities in Kenya have not positively responded to those requests in Guangzhou in China are now complaining that uh, Chinese authorities in the city have subjected them to forced evictions, arbitrary quarantines and mass coronavirus testing as the country seeks to contain cases of Context of White Supremacy Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy Today's date, Thursday, April 16, 2020. So I have been told this is program uh, one of two. We should be, uh, be back later on today. Uh, I am no fan of early morning programs. Uh, be very clear about that. No fan of early morning programs. That is why we do them very rarely. Uh, plus, uh, most of our listeners uh, are not able to tune in at this hour, uh, even if we are under quarantine. Most of them are not available. So brain computer not working uh, at its best, uh, trying to do as best we can. Uh, but the reason uh, that we are broadcasting at this 
uh, unusual time uh, is because of the time difference for our guest for today's broadcast. Uh, we have been talking, as has, I guess, most of the folks in the known universe, uh, we have been talking about uh, the coronavirus situation over the past month. Uh, or actually, I guess that's that's just, you know, our U.S. centric thinking on this. We have been uh, talking about this uh, quite a bit for about the last month and a half. But in the world, this has been talked about since about January, end of December ish. Uh, talking about this and doing the daily death count and when are things going to get back to normal for those of us in uh, other parts of the world it has been absolutely uh, historic. We certainly have done a lot of broadcasting here at the cows, hopefully constructive, uh, just as the system of racism, white supremacy is a global problem. The situation with uh, the coronavirus uh, has been global uh, and to have a situation where you actually do uh, have everyone in the known universe responding to talking about the situation, trying as best we can to figure out what the heck uh, is going on and what to do. Uh, I have kind of said uh, throughout this endeavor, uh, one, we have the Global Sunday talk uh, on racism uh, coming up this Sunday, 12 or 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. 12 noon Pacific for our global Sunday talk on racism. Uh, we've had that broadcast for a number of years. And I think most of the time uh, we have emphasized that, Hey, it is super, super important. Uh, racism, white supremacy is a global problem. We should think about it as a global problem as we try to come about getting a solution. Uh, and it's super important just being able to exchange information, talking to non-white people, victims of racism in different parts of the world. Uh, racists lie so much that just try to, to get accurate information about how this system works, what it means to be white. Uh, it can always be a really, really informative opportunity to speak with non-white people around the globe. Uh, we'll be looking forward to checking in with our folks uh, this Sunday uh, from all over within the middle of all of that. So we've had President Trump blaming the Chinese virus, blaming China now. He's uh, removing funding uh, from the World Health Organization, who, uh, and saying that they, you know, did not significantly criticize China for their role in this and downplaying the human-to-human -human spread of the disease and all the rest of it. And it's, you know, those no-good Asian people, the yellow peril. We got this problem again. Uh, but in the midst of all of that, uh, I've said, hey, we have a listener in China might be, you know, constructive to be able to chat it up with him for a second. Uh, they had all of this before folks in other parts of the world. Uh, they had the whole mandatory quarantine and they're actually done with that. They're on the downside, as they say, uh, where they resumed and are back on with life or going out and doing things that they want to. They still got their masks, of course, but they are not stuck in the house anymore. <clears throat> so for that reason, I thought it would be great to speak with them. Uh, in addition, uh, I'm always uh, in the vein of Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. Uh, she uh, encourages students of counter racism uh, to, hey, if you have an understanding, if you're able to use logic, use your brain computer to process events that are happening around you, to process logic, you should get to a point where you're able to predict things that are going to happen. Our guest for today's program, he did predict, I have the date right in front of me, March 21. 
uh, he had an extensive posting uh, about how this is going to impact uh, black people. Uh, and it was listed under racism, white supremacy. And specifically, the sentence starts off why all of this is particularly dangerous for black people in America. And it is a lengthy, well, not lengthy, but I read it on the program before, uh, predicting that things would be very devastating for black people in the U.S. with regards to the coronavirus. Uh, and it wasn't until about the second week in April. Again, this report uh, from back in March. I don't even think it was spring yet officially. This was still winter when this was predicted. Uh, and then a month later, uh, we get the avalanche of reports that black people are dying from the virus uh, at much higher rates uh, throughout the United States. Uh, thought it would be grand to have him on the program, get his thoughts on what has transpired, uh, what he thinks about what is happening here, what we can do to keep ourselves safe, uh, and what his view from the other side of the planet is. Massive time difference for me. It is 8.12 a.m. in the morning for him, 11 p.m. in the evening. This is his second time on the program. He was with us way, 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 way back uh, in 2011. It's amazing that we have been on the air that long. It have not been killed, lynched, anything else. Uh, but grand to have him back on the program with us. Uh, so glad he could join us for a bit of his Thursday evening. Uh, joining us live once again, our black male listener in China, post-quarantine no less. Uh, black male in China, are you with us, sir? I'm here. Thank you so much for hanging out again your Thursday evening uh, to share some some views and thoughts. Uh, I will certainly encourage. I know for folks uh, who normally listen to the cows, this is way out of our normal time zone. But if you have an opportunity, feel free to dial in, see if you can get your question in uh, for our caller guest in China. I'll give out the number now and encourage as we roll along. Number is six zero five three one three five one. Six four, the code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Again, so glad to have you on the program with us again. Uh, before we, you know, get into all of the details, uh, for folks, I'm sure for everyone their first time or I guess not for everyone I'm sure some folks probably do remember you from back in 2011 uh, or have heard it in the archive or will be sifting through the archives uh, vigorously once we get through with all of this but anything you would like to share with folks just about who you are what part of China you're hanging in specifically anything else you think would be helpful to know okay yes um, and uh, thank you for having me um, uh, I'm black male in China uh, 43 years old, and I'm an assistant professor of international relations um, at, well, I probably should use the university, but um, the city I'm in is uh, called Chong, Chongqing. Um, you can spell that C-H-O-N-G-Q-I-N-G. Um, it's the most densely populated city in China and actually the world. Um, Basically, share the borders for about 32 million people. Um, so, for me, uh, I just wanted to—I just wanted to say that part because uh, being in a city so densely populated, I was very worried um, when the Corona outbreak started. Because, um, of course, the more 
densely populated uh, you are, uh, you have a higher chance of contracting a virus. So, um, but I survived it, and uh, things are yeah looking much better now. Um, I'm still wearing masks uh, when I go out, not for myself so much, but just for others. And that's kind of the um, kind of a courtesy that everyone does here. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's it uh, for introductions. Right on. How long have you been uh, in China? Um, I'm going on now on my 15th year. Wow. Okay. Okay. And you were born in the U.S.? Yes. Uh, Alton, Illinois. Uh, home of Miles Davis and uh, unfortunately uh, uh, James O'Ray. Mm. <laughs> well, you know. Right on, right yeah. on. Uh, again, in the archives, you can go back and check uh, here more of him, uh, his information and some of his experiences uh, being in that part of the world for so long. Um, so the so-called coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, all of this kind of began towards the end of December, January-ish uh, for folks in your part of the world. When did you start hearing something about this and, and when did the quarantine start for you? Um, so um, it's actually a quite interesting story because uh, when the news broke, I was actually in another city, Chengdu, where our consulate is and I was getting uh, a, a new passport. So in order to do that, I have to take, uh, you know, they have a bullet train that, you know, travels between Chongqing and Chengdu. And so I picked up my um, passport, and as I was leaving, um, one, of the, uh, one of the workers inside of the consulate kept giving me a paper, um, basically uh, a summary of a new virus that has been you know, uh, located um, out of uh, Wuhan, which is about, um, let's say, about four to five hundred miles from uh, Chengdu, where I was. So it was it wasn't close, but uh, not too far either. And um, and they told me that I should wear a mask as I was leaving. Now I end up taking a taxi to the train station. And I forgot to stop at any uh, at place to, uh, any place to get a mask. And when I got into the train station, I see all of these people with a mask on their face. And here I am, you know, uh, six foot four inch black male walking through this train station with no mask. And I'm kind of like the only one. So this is quite a scary trip. And um, but fortunately, I made it back home. And uh, so this is, yeah, around December 31st, no, it was January 2nd. January 2nd is when I had this trip. Um, but I believe on the 31st that uh, the virus had already been identified. And, um, but, you know, that as most of us, we kind of knew that um, it was somewhat serious. Um, the thing is that in China, some of the, the air pollution is so bad. You commonly see people walking around with masks. So in the beginning, I just 
uh, I didn't know it was as bad as it was. And I just thought, okay, all these people have masks. Maybe they're, you know, overdoing it a bit too worried. Um, but yeah, it turned out to be wrong about that. Um, and as far as the quarantine, um, there was notifications that popped up on all of our cell phones. Um, this is, I think, one of the reasons China helped, uh, one of the reasons China was so effective in uh, curbing the spread is that, you know, in America, uh, last time I checked, um, when people buy mobile phones, uh, you have to sign a contract with some company and, you know, the companies are private and, you know, they can shut your phone off at any time. And But in China, the state owns the phone companies. There's two of them, uh, China Unicom and China Mobile. And so the way our payment system set up is that if you just run out of minutes or time, they'll send you a message. And if you have Wi-Fi somewhere, you can use your online bank account, which is set up through their uh, number one social app, uh, WeChat, and just pay for it and your phone's back on. But even in this instance, they didn't shut off people's phones because they had to send these, they kept sending these messages out on your phone. And so, and we got them, of course, in Chinese, but um, there was English messages sent to just below. So basically the messages were, you know, talking about the virus, that how deadly it is, and that there would be uh, protocols uh, coming, um, and we were just supposed just to stand by and wait. And maybe three days later, that's when everyone was notified uh, by phone that there was a quarantine, that you were allowed out of your house um, only if you have a mask, and you have once every three or four days. Now, it depends on the city you were in. Um, in Wuhan, it was a t complete lockdown, um, and the government sent out a lot of uh, people to, you know, deliver food and things like uh, food, water, and uh, supplies to people. Here in Chongqing, we were allowed to leave once every two, three days. So, if I went out Monday to buy water and food, uh, Tuesday. Wednesday, I cannot leave. And if I and if I somehow broke that quarantine, uh, I would not be allowed back into my apartment. Um, I would probably be carted off to jail, a quarantine jail, of course. But um, so it was very serious, and there was lots of videos. And the government was showing these videos too, and they were sending these messages through the phone. And there's these videos of these people breaking quarantine and uh, being carted off in vans. And so it was quite serious. And uh, it it didn't really hit me so hard until I until I started seeing the again the government's using the phones with messaging. And they start showing, sharing the death tolls. 
and um, Wuhan really don't know how many died, um, but I'm sure it's probably more than what's been reported. Because remember, in late December, early January, there were people dying, but they weren't quite sure if it was the virus or because it was generally people who were elderly who were getting sick or not getting sick, but dying. And so some doctors thought, okay, possibly it could have something to do with just a normal flu because they were having normal flu symptoms as well. And so um, when they finally uh, identified it, uh, uh, broke it down under the microscope, then uh, that's when the official death tolls, uh, the numbers started to come out. And they were scared. And um, there was particularly one scary week for me is when someone in my housing complex had contracted the virus and died. And knowing that it's airborne, uh, I was, you know, of course, worried and concerned. And then I got pulled on top of that, so it didn't really help much. Um, uh, but after possibly, I think a week, maybe a week and a half, um, the cold that I caught, I still had some issues, and uh, normally I don't. Uh, when it's cold, maybe it's done in three, four days. Uh, immune system's pretty good. So I was really, really worried whether or not I had the Rona. But um, I'm still here, and I'm okay, and uh, had uh, I've been tested. Um, and, again, uh, with the phones, Every foreigner that lives in this country, they have, we have to have a coronavirus uh, test, and then they put a, a, a green light on that WeChat app that I was talking about before, and it's, uh, it's basically a clean bill of health. And so if we go into supermarkets, we go into our homes, uh, anywhere in public, um, people need to show this, this uh, health check. Um, as far as the Chinese, from what I've been told, the Chinese have something similar as well, but I know that there is one special app extension they made for foreign uh, people here in, this, in the country. So, um, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll stop there. And uh, any more questions context of white supremacy we'll try and sprinkle in questions from listeners as we proceed folks that are listening live you can uh tweet out send it on uh, instagram social messenger let folks know hey context of white supremacy is on very very early uh but i think important information victim of white supremacy black male in china uh to hear about his quarantine experience and all the rest. Uh, so I guess to get a couple quick questions in before we move a little further. Uh, so when all this begins, and I mean, this is scary. I know some people will get to all this, but I mean, some people that, hey, it's not scary. 
this is a lie that's not what it is okay uh, but for some people, yeah. like, wow, this is scary. Like, people are, that lots of people, even. You said, you know, who knows how many people could have died in Wuhan and some of the other areas. Like, this is this is scary. Someone even in your own apartment complex, you're not born in China. You have uh, relatives back in the States, Illinois, and what have you. Uh, did Was there a point yeah. where it was, hey, uh, let's bail. You know, you can come back to China later. Get the hell out of there. You know, I was... Um uh, I hate to say this because I because I don't uh, I don't want to seem too altruistic, but you, just to be honest, I did want I I wanted to bail out of here, um, but um, two things. Um, one, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of Americans leaving. Uh, well, not just Americans, but people from you know all the other countries all jumping on planes and the airlines were not taking any health protocols, no mask, no testing, just, Hey, you got a ticket, get on the plane. And so I can only imagine flying back 14 hours (laughs) on a plane, uh, with a bunch of people I don't know who possibly could have contracted the virus and they're just, you know, up and out. Um, but another reason, um, a lot of my students kept sending me messages, you know, uh, welfare check medicine, um, messages, you know, teacher, are you okay? Uh, teacher, you should not go outside, uh, so much and, you know, stay away from, you know, so I'm getting all of these messages and then, you know, I'm telling them, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in the house right now. Uh, no worries. I'm trying to keep, uh, you know, ca- trying to keep calm about it. I don't want to alert them, um, alarm them. Um, and then I start getting messages. Well, will we still have our courses next time? And that kind of got to me because, you know, I have graduate students and I have undergraduates and, there are some students that I've had since they were 18 years old. And now there's, you know, this is their senior year, uh, their graduating year. And, um, you know, there's honestly, you know, kind of a, you know, worried and they're asking if we're going to still, uh, have our courses, uh, next term, will you still be here? Um, and I talked this over with, uh, parents back home, my brothers, my sisters, um, have a big family. And, you know, they were all, you know, scared, telling me I should come back. And I told them, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wait it out, uh, another month and see, um, especially, um, once there's some protocols that the airlines would use, um, so I know that I'm getting on a safe plane. So it was still in the back of my mind that, okay, I probably should uh, take off. But I told him I'm going to give it a month. And uh turns out I, uh, I think it was the right decision for me. Um, because had I left, you know, now it's impossible to come back into the country. So... Um, 
so I kind of felt like I had, I had a duty in a way to my students, um, uh, to the university, uh, not so much, but just to the students and probably had they not sent me messages. Um, some were trying to send packages to, uh, care packages and things of the sort. Um, had it not been for them, maybe I probably would have jumped on one of those planes. And there's a very good chance that me being on one of those planes, I could have ended up with coronavirus. Or if I'm back in the United States right now, especially Illinois, because I'm, you know, I don't, uh, my home's not in Alton anymore. I'm in Chicago. You know Chicago's being hit really hard. And so I could have ended up getting the coronavirus had I left and came back uh, and went back home. So um, did I, I feel I made the right decision, um, but there are days that I, you know, uh, I do kind of regret it too because um, a lot of family members uh, are really worried and scared and I don't think they're being guided very well. Context of white supremacy, guidance, leadership in a time of chaos. Very important. Um, I know for, I mean, talk about uh, guidance. Now, I am in Seattle, Washington. As I said, it's about, or it's not about, it is a 15-hour time difference between where I am and our guest uh, in China. Uh, But in Washington State, we, in fact, I I was posting about this. And I saw the previous post that I put in from yesterday. Uh, I went to the park here on Monday. That is allowed. We've been under uh, government issued uh, stay at home order for about three weeks now. Uh, Washington State, California. uh, These were some of the earliest states uh, to take it seriously uh, and to say, you know, closing things, shutting things down. Uh, statewide orders to stay at home and what have you. And these are some of the states that have shown the best uh, dealings with all of this so far, where they got mass graves in New York and Seattle. They're talking about opening things back up. They're opening the farmer's markets back up this weekend and, you know, getting their plan together to reopen the state. They, down. We're on the downside of the curve, as they say, big time. Now they say we peaked in March, in fact. So that's Washington mm-hmm. state. But pending on where you are, like they just lock some areas down, they close the park. It's all over the place. So I know for some people, they said this is driving them crazy and having to stay at home and what have you. I don't think anybody had anything nearly as rigorous as what you are describing, where you could only go out a limited number mm-hmm. of days and all the rest of it and mandatory masks. Just kind of give us an idea, like what was your regular, like for three give us like a a sampling. This is what like two or three days of quarantine life was like for me. Uh, well, well, um, a lot of reading. Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, um, uh, so I'm I'm an associate professor of international relations. So I'm really big on, uh, um, reading books on not just international politics, but, uh, international, uh, economic growth, um, civil wars, things like, I, I, so I had lots of, uh, PDF books. So my iPad was in constant use. I was reading, reading, reading. Um, every once in a while I take, and, um, funny, um, to find it in China, but 
I got the the season series of Good Times on DVD, and uh, I started watching that for a few days until I realized it's quite a terrible show. Um, and then go back to reading. Um, I picked up, uh, I, I think I mentioned this to you before the first time, we, uh, last time we talked, uh, uh, per your recommendation, I, uh, started doing yoga. Um, I knew I had to keep myself, uh, limber and, um, because, you know, once you're stuck in, in the house and you do, you do a lot of sitting and sitting too much kind of slows down the immune system too and, and the blood flow. And so I knew I needed to stay as healthy as possible. So I started doing yoga. Uh, so early in the morning, I'd have my, my toast, um, glass of apple juice or orange juice, uh, and I would start yoga for the first, first week, I'd say, you know, it was new to me, so I wasn't that good at it. So I kind of left quickly after like 20, 30 minutes. And then I started going for an hour, then an hour and a half. Even. Um, but mostly that's just learning new things. And uh, so I wasn't doing everything perfectly, so I would do it over again. So that's why it took so long. Um, after uh, the yoga, I sometimes run in place. I do have some free weights here. Um, I, would, I would do this sparingly throughout the day. Because, like, you know, you start to do things in, in repetition, but but not so much with the, the time. Like, I wasn't, the only thing that I did normally at a certain time every day was breakfast, yoga. After that, anything goes. Um, and uh spent a lot of time online, you know, talking, of course, to family. And um, But that was a bit difficult to do, again, because the time difference. So then I have awkward sleeping times. So then I just start sending emails. Um, because I had to get, you know, had to get back on track. Um, I've had a problem with sleep deprivation before, and it's, I think it's as deadly as anything, any other health role that you could have. And um, so for a, few, for a few days, I had to battle that and get my, you know, uh, sleep time corrected again. Um Let's see. And, oh, I would savor the days that I could get out. Um, you know, they would give us, we, we had these tickets. Uh, they gave us a piece of paper and it said these small tickets on them. And you can only use one of them every three days to go out. And so I was really excited on those days that I was able to go out. But at the same time, uh, it's a kind of a weird feeling because it's dangerous, of course, but there's something liberating about getting out, you know, uh, out of the house. And, um, but I would say the thing that helped me most 
uh, through that time was um, yeah, my students, um, uh, some of my colleagues, Chinese colleagues as well. Sometimes we have video calls. Sometimes we you know, talk to each other on the phone. Uh, that, that human contact is really important. Um, and, uh, but if I can just be honest, it, it saved my life. And it wasn't something that I thought was too bad. After the first, let's say, two weeks, I just got used to it um, because I knew it was good for me and it was good for others. Um, and uh, oh, and I mentioned uh, before as well, um, I started learning uh, how to program in Python um, from scratch. Um, I even last Wednesday um, I even tested out the first application I made from it um, quite surprised at it as well still some uh, bugs and things I got to sort out but um, yeah I learned a new skill well two new skills yoga and uh, uh, computer programming um, and I guess those things that you know Combination of all those things is what kept me sane and kept me, kept me safe. So, I'll look at that. Context of white supremacy reading is more important than watching television. Heard that a few times. Definitely can be applied during this period. Don't feel like you have to solely binge on Netflix. You can turn it off, do a little reading, it'll still be there. Super important. Good times, my lord. That is, that is heinous. Good times, binging. Woof. Uh, let's see. We will nab a hand or two as we migrate along. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of Illinois, Henry in Chicago, did you have a question uh, for our guest, black male residing in China? You should be with us, sir. Can I be hurt? Yes, sir. I can read. All right. Uh, green. Greetings, Gus, and uh, greetings, uh, blackmail in China. Um, three questions. Three quick questions. Um, you mentioned that uh, sure. you were in a city that was uh, densely populated, like thirty. I think you said thirty-two million. Can you give me yes. the uh, comparable area size of like a uh, a big, uh, you know, city in 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 the states? Because I know like New York is like only eight million. So uh, if you can like mm-hmm. give me a uh, area size of a comparable big city in the states, uh, just to give me like a, uh, uh, you know, a picture of how dense, you know, like if, if people are just packed in into that particular city. Um, my second yes, question uh, okay. is, oh, go, go ahead, you can answer. Um, well, no, I'm writing it down. It's okay. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so my second question is uh, do you also find like local officials, uh, you know, uh, basically at odds with say the national officials uh, like we like we're doing at the states? And then my third one is, uh, and I talked about this on the show on Saturday about the overreporting of coronavirus death. Uh, apparently, they have some hospitals uh, here in Chicago. That, you know, like say for instance, there was a situation where somebody came in with a gun. Uh, and they ended up dying, but they lived uh, the cause of 
coronavirus play, did, did you find uh, that well? Okay. Uh, okay, start the uh, first question. Um, uh, I would say New York probably is the closest uh, American city as far as, uh, well, let me even be more specific. Um, New York, uh, say, the Bronx, uh, let's see, or what else? The Bronx is, the, I think, the most densely populated area of New York. Um, and, but as far as city size, um, Chongqing is pretty much, uh, the same size, um, uh, square, square mileage as New York. So yeah, we are really stacked on top of each other. Um, but of course, in out, the outer regions are what we would call suburbs. It's, uh, it's considered countryside here. Um, it's not so dense there, but just in my, uh, I live in a region, uh, called Nanping, uh, Nanming South, uh, Ping means, uh, uh, place or area. So, um, the place where I live now, um, just in my housing complex alone, there's over, uh, 70,000 people. So that gives you an idea of how this, um, this place is. Um, second question. I think you mentioned something about, uh, the officials. Is there any, uh, I guess, um, quarrels or infighting. Um, no, there's not because, you know, China has, you know, one, one party and every member of every province, provinces are the states that have here. Every leader of every province is a member of that party. So Beijing says this is what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done. And, um, and uh, the official in Wuhan, uh, who tried to downplay the virus when a um, uh, young doctor, uh, he passed away, by the way, from the virus. When he's the one who, who fought it, who, who caught it and fought it first. Um, he tried to raise alarms about it, and the mayor of Wuhan and had his police arrest him and uh, made him apologize for spreading rumors and later he uh he later died fighting the virus uh he's kind of a hero now in china you know a lot of people you'll see a lot of even t-shirts you know remember him you know for um uh, speaking out Beijing took that mayor and he's he's been sacked the mayor's gone police is gone everyone who had anything to do with that is gone they really get things done quickly here. Um, so this is another problem with America is that you've got individual governors who just, they're just not on page with other people. So it has to do with politics. It has to do with, uh, worried about, you know, their economies or even personal, uh, um, economic worries. Um, I was just watching uh, online 
I don't know if you guys saw the in Michigan they had a protest, um, a corona, a pro corona protest in Michigan. A lot of white people in red Trump, you know, on the MAGA hats, um, you know, just took over the Michigan State House. No mask, uh, waving flags, saying, you know, they want the governor recalled because she, you know, called for a quarantine. This just doesn't happen here. Um, if a mayor or a governor of one of these provinces told people, hey, you know, don't worry about the quarantine, uh, he'd be arrested and might not even be heard from again. So they they took things very seriously here. Um, so no, that that problem just doesn't happen here. And uh, your third question, I'm sorry. Can can you can you say that one more time? I think I got part of it, but I'm not sure. Uh, the the overreporting of coronavirus deaths. So like uh, ah, right, like right. I was saying, the, yeah, uh, somebody coming with a gunshot wound, they end up dying. And they mm-hmm. report they listed as or coronavirus related. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, no, that doesn't happen here. Um, if it's if it's uh, corona related, um, it's it, it's it's at uh, how can I say this? It's it's better for them to get the information correct because this is the only way you can track. Um, so unlike the normal flu that people keep talking about. So many people die from the flu. The flu comes from every place, every, every continent, and it mutates a twin every 20 minutes. So you can't track something like that. But the coronavirus, you know, you, you, uh, you can track it. It came out of Wuhan, and this is why we see you can find corona maps uh, online and the CDC system. Uh, World Health Health Organization uses them, um, and so I saw some of these videos. I think there was a black woman who was talking about, you know, somebody came in, like yeah, I think you mentioned like a gunshot wound. Somebody said like a stabbing, and they said oh, it was coronavirus. Um, do I believe that? Uh, no. Um, because, well, the, the number one reason why I don't believe it is because America's one thing that is very different from China is that there's a, a greater network of information. Uh, somebody could have went to the hospital and asked for official death records um, to see um, who died and who died of what. Um, I think a lot of people are out trying to get clicks and views. See, this is one of the side effects of being quarantined. You need attention. This is what was driving me crazy for the first few days. It's like, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just stuck here by myself. I don't know what to do. And now you have people in America who are this. See, things are kind of more restrictive here in China than, than the U.S., less freedom. And we all know that. So I've kind of, I, I became a, uh, kind of immune to this situation a bit more. Um, but in the U S people are just not used to taking directions at me so much, you know, they just, uh, I do what I want to do when I want to do, just like you saw these, these protesters in Michigan, 
you know, uh, Corona be damned. I'm out here and, uh, nobody's going to tell me anything different. And so you have people who are online and I'm starting, and it's sad because I'm seeing a lot of black folks with the conspiracies. Uh, it ain't really that, that bad. Corona's not killing people like that. They're lying to you. Uh, white man trying to, it's, Take this seriously, okay? It is killing people. And as of yesterday, the amount of deaths in the U.S. have upticked from this. And um, this is why China is not letting people back in a, this country from America. And that's what's so weird about it, that the pandemic started here. They were able to use proper guidance, uh, keep crazy people offline, um, and yeah, and now it's a much better place, uh, right now in the U S it's just getting worse and worse and it's going to keep getting worse because these white folks are not listening. They're not staying indoors, um, and start being afraid of the ones who come out with the guns because a couple of them did in Michigan. Um, but yeah, the, the videos you're seeing of people saying uh, they're lying and somebody came in with a knife wound in the stomach and they said it was corona, I, I highly doubt it. Um, and and if it is happening, it is probably very isolated and probably has more to do with uh, uh, a, ba a bad care worker than, uh, I would say, endemic. Uh, of the entire situation in the U.S. But yeah, just um, verify everything that you can and just uh, I, I just wouldn't believe those kind of stories without verification. Oh, well, just to let you know, my wife works at a hospital and she deals with the stats and she, she verified that for me. Okay, so, so was it a care, again, that uh, just a, is that a policy of the hospital, or is that a bad care, healthcare worker? Uh, she can't. Uh, she says uh, it may be both, but she can't like ver really verify it because she just crunches the numbers. But you know, she always has mm -hmm. to do her diligence to kind of like just to make sure. But yeah, she has noticed right. that there have been situations where uh, people who are entered into the hospital with other ailments or other situations have been listed uh, on their death certificate as coronavirus related. And, and I know what you okay. mean because it may be minimal, but accuracy to me is very important. Like you mentioned, it's, it, it's important to be very accurate. Even if it's a small amount, they have to get a, an accurate count of how many people really died from this thing. Cause I think the numbers uh, may not be skewed as much, but we still have to have some sort of accuracy here. Okay, I I'll follow you, but can I ask you a question? Um, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this because I kind of thought this would be brought up. If that is true, how does it help you in combating the virus? Well, I mean, it, 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 it helps in, re in regards to what information we're getting on the media. And, I, and I'm not diminishing the, the, the seriousness of this because this is serious. I mean, there's a lot of people dying. Uh, and I feel like if, if it is coronavirus-related, 
then we need to have an accurate count. Uh, I myself feel like uh, if I get, if we all get the correct information uh, on this, then I think people would take it, you know, as serious as, as, as what you were saying about, you know, the white people out there trying to, you know, protest in the middle of this pandemic. So uh, I think if everybody gives the right numbers in the media, then I think uh, there will be more people that would take this more seriously. I think the death count I mean, just doesn't seem to resonate with folks. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like Now, the reason why, and I wasn't, uh, wasn't trying to be rude and ask that question. Um, I, I, I really thought about this answer a, a lot this week. And the reason why I asked that question first is because one of the first things that I said, I don't know if you uh, were listening the entire entirety of the program so far. I had mentioned that in Wuhan itself, the death tolls don't really know. And, and so even with that information, That, okay, I don't know how many people in Wuhan could have died. Knowing the correct number, yes, it would be night, but it would have nothing to do with my quarantine. It would have nothing to do with me taking steps to keep myself safe. So I think maybe the best thing to do is just do the social, well, I hate using that term social distancing because it's just a watered-down term for quarantine. Quarantine yourself as much as possible. Stay away from people as much as possible. Only go out when you absolutely need to. Wear a mask and wash your hands several times a day. If you want to find out the true numbers after, you're, after you've survived it, I think that would be better use of your time. Yeah, and, 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 and I am. I'm taking the appropriate steps. I'm just feeling like this sure. might not... It might not resonate because people always say, well, you know, people die every day. But, you know, it's like, you know, they're, you know, those are people that like really aren't taking this pandemic serious about it. So when they hear stories about this, even though, like you said, it's a small number, they think it's some kind of conspiracy. Right. But those are the people you have to avoid. You know that because, you know, there some people you just just because the way America is set up, a lot of people are going to die from this. Because there's poor guidance and people are just reckless. And if, if you really just, uh, if you really want to survive this thing, just, uh, you have to realize that there's th those people, those people who the conspiracies and those people, and you know what? All of those things can be true. But they're out on the streets. They're not taking care of themselves. They're not washing their hands. They're coughing on people in shops. They're touching, you know, equipment in Walmart, just rubbing their hands over everything. Just now, don't get me wrong. In China, we had situations where there were people getting on elevators and coughing on all of the buttons of the elevator. But, wow. you know, um, which they don't. Which is sad because, um, you know, every elevator in China has cameras in it. So these people would do this, and then two hours later, they'd be on all the TV programs being arrested and sent to the Rona jail. Um, and 
even those isolated cases, they were able to show this on television so often that it made people angry. And then the officials started to come in and spray down all the elevators twice a day with a chlorine solution. So, again, I don't see these things happening in America. I see Trump just saying, whatever, get the country back going again. Uh, the economy, the economy, the economy. And, and conspiracy theorists on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And some of them might have some truth in what they're saying, but it just doesn't matter at this point. Okay. Thank you. Context. You're welcome. You're welcome. And take care. Context of white supremacy. Uh, other folks, if you have thoughts, questions, we'll nab them as we go. Um, just to point out as well, if folks didn't see that, uh, this is from the Metro Times. Michigan uh, publication people protest Governor Whitmer's stay at home order by creating traffic gridlock not adhering to social distancing I'm not going to read the full report just so you can get a sampling uh, operation gridlock so they got an official title for this and everything is in full effect and by all accounts it looks dumb as hell protesters descended upon Lansing on Wednesday arguing that Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home order is excessive the protesters say Whitmer's expanded executive order which has shut down much of the economy through April in order to stop the spread of the coronavirus goes too far closing the home improvement and gardening centers at grocery stores and barring people from traveling to their cabins up north People always say Corona, excuse me, conservatives never protest because they are too busy working. A Facebook page for the protest reads, well, guess what? You're not working. So it's time to protest. Lowercase L libertarian representative Justin Amash weighed in saying Whitmer should reassess the scope of her order. But the protest also fueled by some dubious conservative actors, including Andrew Malcolm, a former New York Times journalist who later worked for George W. Bush's campaign. Malcolm posted a photo of Whitmer on Twitter, falsely claiming it showed her breaking her administration's own rule, prohibiting large gatherings while signing a measure that fined citizens $1,000 for not adhering to social distancing measures. And it goes on, but they've got pictures of like gangs of white people out in the street blocking traffic. And uh, yeah, that's (laughs) only in America, only in America. Yeah. Uh, Misinformation. So I wanted to go back uh, what was it like? Like I said, so you all were like, so this was happening about two months before uh, this really became serious in the States. Again, I don't think this really got serious in the States until about the middle of March where it got like, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe we should shut that salad bar mm-hmm. down. Uh, and even some places it was even later than that. It wasn't mid-March. So what was it like when you started contacting like folks back in Illinois and saying, oh, man. We just had this quarantine. You all should take this seriously. Like, I think this is coming there. Like, man, get your toilet paper. What, what was it like when you started having those first conversations? Um, I have I have two sisters and I have two brothers. Uh, my second oldest brother, um, he lives in suburb uh, Mundelland, uh, Illinois, uh, northern Chicago. Chicago. Um, I'd say he's uh the wealthiest of all of the uh the siblings um he he had come to china before 
Um, you know, he has a passport. My niece and my nephew has a passport. Um, his wife has a passport, you know, they get out. And, uh, when I told him, he took every precaution that I told him. Um, he bought the mask. He did, uh, he wouldn't let my niece and nephew out of the house, uh, without, um, without a, I guess, a justifiable reason. Um, he even pulled him out of school a little, uh, earlier. Um, uh, my oldest brother, yeah, you know, he's a real blue collar, uh, steel worker. Um, it's all about work for him. So he just, yeah, well, whatever. Um, uh, my sisters, I uh, have one who's in Tennessee now and another in Ohio. Um, I sent them a message, like a very detailed message about what was coming and what I was experiencing. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, uh, I'm glad I didn't mention my name because I didn't want to put them on blast, but I didn't get, I didn't hear back from them for a week. So, you know, uh, their brothers out here in the, you know, in the epicenter of this. And, but I, I think for them that they, they didn't even know that there was a problem. And, uh, and I, and I kind of noticed that too, with like even other friends I have, uh, I use Facebook sparingly only just to communicate and get off because, you know, it is, uh, it's blocked here. So I have to use a VPN service to get through it. And I don't like to be on it too long, but, um, even, you know, uh, college friends, uh, people I knew, you know, I would tell them about, you know, like almost, uh, the same, almost, almost the same amount of information that I sent in that email to you guys. I sent that to so many people and, um, the response was pretty much whatever. Um, and then lately, um, now my inbox is flooded because they think I'm a Corona expert. I'm not, I'm a, I'm an expert in keeping my butt in, in, in the house following what the CDC guidelines are. Um, and, um, it's sad cause I, that's, I still feel like it's that way even now with all these deaths, you know, people are, you know, just and not just white folks. I'm seeing a lot of black folks, uh, flexing for the gram, running out, uh, hugging, kissing people saying F12 and gang gang and just, just foolishness. I just, I, I didn't see here. Um, and you know, these people are running outside and just being very careless. And, uh, I'm starting to wonder if, if, um, I think in America, people are so, uh, you can thank white supremacy for this too. Um, people are so desensitized about death that, you know, I think some people really do know how serious it is. They just don't care. Context of yeah, white supremacy, uh, being desensitized about death. That does kind of come with uh, the territory. Um, with mentioning the email, I read it on the Global Sunday Talk on Racism. Uh, just for the uh, detail, 
uh, specifically and why he thought this would be really bad for black people. And again, so I got this on March 21, the flood of reports about how this was impacting black people didn't really begin uh, until definitely April. uh, And it was about the second weekend uh, of April that that information started to trickle in like, oh, man, this is having a really uh, devastating impact on black people and, you know, what to do and all across the country. But he wrote uh, one thing that helped China more than anything else besides the quarantines was the timing of the outbreak. February in China marks the beginning of the spring festival. This is the largest migration of human beings on the planet, far outdoing the Hajj to Mecca. This migration is also unique in its type of location. Most Chinese are only a generation away from poverty and many of its people do seasonal jobs in other cities. So when the spring festival begins, most people return to their grandparents' homes, hometowns, which are easily over 90% of the time, the countryside. The countryside, as you would assume, is a place with clean air, less pollution, and spacious. Exactly the polar opposite of Chinese megacities where most people live, hence the massive drop in the spreading of the COVID-19. Unfortunately, Americans, by and large, have no such oasis of natural earth to escape to. Thank white supremacy for that. This is another reason Africa has not been overrun with the virus so far and a month even after this. That is still the case. Less massive city centers to spread the virus. Sadly, many of our people will find social distancing difficult to do by proximity, and that helps put us at risk more so than those in rural towns that are generally comprised of white people. Also, the American government responded so late to the outbreak that the spread of the virus by more hosts could, and I say will, increase the possibility of further mutation of COVID-19. Mutation will make the virus increasingly more powerful and harder to treat with standard or even enhanced antibiotic treatment. Another danger is that, unfortunately, many black people do not have good dietary habits. Of course, another real-life effect of white supremacy. This virus loves those with poor eating habits, obesity, and asthma, which is something that particularly affects black people in America. (sighs) Painful because I don't remember any of this being said until April. I don't remember any reports that were coming out and saying that sentence right there. Now they said, oh yeah, if you got elderly folks and your grandma and grandpa, oh yeah, and that sort of thing, if you got any sort of compromise, they did not get very specific. Oh man, now if you've been going to town on that McDonald's and thing and got some obesity issues or asthma or any hypertension high blood pressure like oh we this could have but I don't remember any of that until April then that came to light but continuing uh, he added another particularly dangerous exposure is from the elderly which many are in concentrated in nursing homes and as we know many black women and men are employed by nursing homes across the country we talked about that last week having a lot of black people are in those essential worker positions where you don't even get that luxury to stay at home and quarantine. Get out there. Call them front line. Get out there. Get out there. and Work, work, work. Blue collar, they'll say. These factors put us at an even, yep, that's what they say, put us at an even higher risk than others. So as usual, we need to do, we need to do work harder than others to take more precautions 
to save ourselves. Wow. There are very few times where you will get a prediction that is that accurate ahead of time as to what was going to happen. And then it happened in exactly that manner. Um, what I guess about April, it was about April when all of this started to unfold. So you had already thought that that was going to happen. Then this month it begins to unfold almost mm-hmm. verbatim. As you said, what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I just, uh, again, I'm no scientist, but you know, that, that time I talked about, uh, when I'm, when I was under quarantine, I do, you know, I, I'm reading a lot. So I kept my mind pretty sharp. And then when I'm talking to my family and friends back home, you know, at like the first week, I, I really didn't think of any of this stuff. But then I started wondering how, I, I know that when white folks catch the flu, black folks catch COVID-19. Uh, that train is never late. Um, we're all, always going to uh, bear the butt of any kind of uh, situation like this. And so I started to figure out um, why it would happen to us too. Um, of course, like I said, it's a, you know, it's a byproduct of white, white supremacy, but um, it's not just enough to say that. So I had, you know, I thought about just breaking down the elements of what, you know, what could possibly happen, um, especially in the case of, you know, black people. And um, <clears throat> one thing that I didn't write in that email is uh, when I said that we don't have the... Um, It'll be harder for us to quarantine because of proximity. Is uh, you know a lot of black people living in uh, housing housing projects, and a lot of and as you know, housing projects are often uh, unsanitary, and and the same people who work in the healthcare industries, a lot of them live in these housing projects. The first responders, so as you would say, people who uh, the essential workers are often the poorest, and um, so you, it's just a, a nasty combination: um, hyperexposure, uh, uh, poor sanitary conditions, and um, and as uh, Neely Fuller says, we are. Uh, the least informed people on the planet. That is a nasty combination. Um, it's, you know, it's just rife for the pandemic. And I just kind of saw it. And um, I wish it wasn't right. I wish it wasn't true, but, you know, as you, as you know, it is. Matt, some, I know for the city of Atlanta, uh, which has a pretty sizable population uh, of black people, uh, they were talking to the mayor uh, this week and they were talking about when they were going to lift uh, restrictions. I think Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, not Georgia, just the city of Atlanta. I think they got pretty early in shutting things down and closing stuff and they still have things shut down. 
Um, but they said, uh, we're going to keep things closed for the time. We're not rushing to get back open. And she said, uh, part of the reason specifically is we have a lot of black people here. We have a population that has a lot of asthma rates and asthma. They are, excuse me, Atlanta. They are known for having really poor air quality. Like I lived in Atlanta and they would have toxic air warnings and it's going to be really high levels of pollution and all that. And I mean, talk about respiratory issues, right? Old good old Atlanta, uh, Atlanta GA. But uh, she was talking about that was part of her justification for them not being in a hurry to get things open and that they have a lot of pop, uh, large population of folks who uh, would be very susceptible uh, to all of this uh, before we had another question I wanted to get to that about NAB and some of the other folks who dialed uh person I guess you're on the Skype line uh did you have a question for our guest in China you should be with us hello yes ma'am hello oh okay uh thank you hi hello to the guests hello Gus and the callers um I wanted to know from the guest um if if he's heard of the anti-blackness that's being practiced by the uh, Chinese in uh, Guangzhou. Um, uh, I'm sure you've heard that the black Africans are there, have been kicked out of their apartments. They're being denied uh, service at hotels, at restaurants. I think even some of their passports have been uh, taken away. So that that was my first question, if you've heard of that and what your views are on, on that. Um, uh Again, I'm not not surprised. Um, uh, again, the the email that I sent Gus, uh, I mentioned that um, when the virus started to break out in Wuhan, there was some you know netizens in China trying to blame uh, you know just uh, random black people <laughs> for bringing the corona to, over to Wuhan. Uh, so the government finally, you know, kind of shut down uh, those kind of posts. Um, but I do want to give some uh, context on um, Guangzhou because there has been some misinformation uh, in that situation as well. Um, there's a mm-hmm. there's a popular video of uh, a Nigerian um, a Nigerian uh, embassy worker who is yelling at a Chinese man and getting passports back. Uh, this video is fake. Um, Nigerian embassy okay. even posted about this. Um, now, remember, uh, I don't know if, again, I don't know how uh, early you uh, joined. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I talked about uh, this app where I have to have this, this green health check. And to mm-hmm. get inside of uh, hotels, restaurants, uh, even your housing. Now, what's not being said is that Guangzhou is it's on par with Shanghai as far as its economy. Um, it's literally the bloodline mm-hmm. of China. So there's a lot of African traders there, um, and a lot of them overstay their visas. Because life is typically better. They overstay their visas. And what happens is when we get our corona check and we get the, our, you know, um, 
our clean bill of health on our app. You need your passport to do this. So there's, sadly, there's probably thousands of people in Guangzhou who are on, uh, they just didn't go home when they were supposed to. They overstayed their visas. And this is why they can't use their passports to get this health check. So when the coronavirus cases started popping up there again, like it'd be like, again, most of these were from Chinese people returning back. They put this new, uh, uh, I didn't want to say a law, but cause it was already, um, it was already initiated, but just not used very much, but they, they told all of the people, you know, again, in China, it's almost impossible to own a house. Um, this is why uh, I lease. I don't own because I can never be a citizen here. And if I'm not a citizen, um, let's say I decided to, let, let, let's just say like um, in January, or sorry, February, I decided just to run back to the United States. And if I couldn't get back to China, I could lose the house that I bought. And the government would only have to pay about right. a quarter of what you pay for. So there's, there's a lot of Africans who are, they're renting. And so when they're saying they're getting kicked out of their homes, these are not their homes. They're renting these homes. But what the government said is that every landlord who has someone in their home who has not registered and got that Greenville Health, that app to track the foreigners, that the government would take the homes from the landlords. So this is why you see so many people getting pushed out. Um, it wasn't just blanket racism. It was the government literally said, there's a lot of, we know the landlords are renting to people who are probably in the country illegally. And if you don't, uh, if those people don't get registered, you have to put them out. And they gave them two weeks to do it. So the landlords would even tell some of the people, hey, look, you got to get this registered or I can't let you stay. But again, if you overstayed your visa and you're in the country illegally, you're not going to register. You're just going to hope it blows over. But unfortunately, China is very serious about curbing this virus. And um, so am I saying there's no racism involved? Of course not. Um, that's that, that's going to exist wherever we go. Um, but... Um, again, I, I think context is really important in this situation. Um, and I just don't see a lot of it. I just see uh, Africans getting kicked out of their homes, but nobody's saying anything about the, like I said, the people who overstay their visas. And the reason why I say that is because Guangzhou uh, is also known as Chocolate City in China because there's so many African uh, uh, traders and people who, you know, actually who live in the country, they they might even be married to someone Chinese. Um, so there's a lot of people there. Uh, put it this way: there's more people living in China illegally in Guangzhou than there is any other city. And remember, I'm in the largest city with 32 million, and there hasn't been a single black person I know kicked out of their home here. Um, 
is just not such a popular place, I think. And um, so I don't think there's many people, if at all, uh, who overstay their visas here in Chongqing. But in Guangzhou, it's a lot. And unfortunately, a lot of them are from uh, particularly North Africa, Nigeria and uh, uh, Ghana and... Uh, I forget the other country. Um, they had a list of the top three, but I know Nigeria was number one. Um, Ghana was third. The second, I, I don't remember, but I, I know it's in Northwest Africa. Well, well thank you. And, and my last question is, um, as a black man, I don't know what your phenotype is, and I don't know if the Chinese... Whatever your phenotype may be, I don't know if the Chinese may view view you when they see you as a, a if they see you as a black person or not. But have you ever been called Feizo, uh, which I think is means African in Chinese, but it's often used like as a racial slur? Or have you uh, encountered uh, any black people there, whether African or non-African, uh, from if they're not from an African country, that if they've been called that by a Chinese person? Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, I have, luckily, in uh, nearly 16 years, I have never been called uh, Hegui, which is Black Ghost, um, which often uh, translates into uh, the N-word, um, at least to my knowledge. Um, but never in public, never, you know, someone ever done that. I am viewed as a Black man. Uh, you... Uh, you don't need a microscope to see that. <laughs> but um, one thing I think is important is that um, in China, people, people, just like I said before, they're, they're a year out of poverty. I'm sorry, a generation out of poverty. So money means everything. And it, when someone asks me what country I'm from, and I tell them America, I notice they look at me a lot different than some of my uh some of my african friends or i have two african colleagues um I, we could be sitting down having dinner and somebody would ask you know oh, what countries we're from and i say america and then they oh oh mego uh, mego you know kui america's good and then someone will say uh i'm from uh okay one of my colleagues uh, is from namibia and uh they just oh it's like wow, and I know they feel it because I and because I see it and I feel bad, so I know they do. Um, so they have this uh, they have this um, view of continent, which is of course not. Uh, it's called Eat Fate Fatal, and right China in Chinese the Fei uh, the Fei is uh, there's two ways you can say it. One is to fly. But another one means backwards. So literally in their, the traditional Chinese of, you know, the name of Africa, it starts out with backwards. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. and I, yeah, I've had tons of arguments with uh, my colleagues about this and told them, you know, how wrong this is. And, um, you know, they always say, oh, yeah, it's the old Chinese, but, you know, we don't use that anymore. And I say, yeah, I still see it. <laughs> and articles, I still see it, you know. Um, even some of the uh, education um, 
uh, articles that come out of the university, and I've had to point that out. Great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your 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 insight. Thank you. Much oh, no obliged. Thank you. Much obliged, ma'am. Context of white supremacy. Uh, number again: six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate uh, before we got our caller great questions uh, we were talking about uh, your prediction about why this would be so bad for black people in the states and you were talking about some uh, some of the things that you've heard just as, as people have been talking about this all of this all over the world and in particular some of the responses uh, that you've heard on different uh, platforms you said one of them was that well in China, they have a lot of uh, petite people, meaning uh, not overweight, they're not obese uh, and they're still having problems with all of this. And you say, wait a minute, not not so fast. Uh, yeah, again, it's um, it's it's a common stereotype, but um, in the last 10 years, uh, China has um, increased its obesity rate Um um, my last estimates um, I saw was by 300%. Um, you know, the you know, good old white folks have moved in with their corporations, McDonald's, KFC. There's a... I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, in my area of the city, there are 13 KFCs. Not... Oh. In the city, just in my area. Wow. And and then, of course, you know, again, Chinese, just one generation out of poverty, they see KFC working, so there's been miniature KFCs sprouting up on top of those. It's cheaper, the oil is, is dirtier and nastier, and the Chinese, they're, they're you know, they have this lifestyle now where, you know, they don't get the chance to sit down and cook all the time. Um, so the young people are buying KFC. They're drinking. I've seen Chinese people drinking Coca-Cola on a hot day, and the Coca-Cola is hot. Like, I, that just stunned me. And when I say hot, I don't mean like it's just, you know, lukewarm. No, I mean, it's literally hot. And they will just guzzle coca-cola down in the summer and Chongqing is one of the hottest cities on the planet as well it's right up there with um uh let's see what's the city in india uh, uh new delhi um it hit over 100 degrees uh, uh 16 different days last summer in Chongqing. So it is a really, really hot place. And I just see people drinking hot Coca-Cola. And, uh, you know, Sprite is big now. Um, you can't go to a dinner with even even <laughs> the even dinners that I've had at my, you know, with my university colleagues and visiting professors. We would have a beautiful array of food on these spinning tables. 
and somebody will come out with two gigantic bottles of Coca-Cola, two Coca-Colas and two Sprites. It just, it, 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 it looks so out of place, but it's normal now. But yeah, obesity rates in China have increased so much and I see obese people all the time. Um, so the, the Chinese are all petite. So why, you know, why are they having the problem? It's just, well, you can get, you can have complications with the coronavirus and be petite as well. But again, a lot of people here are a lot larger than people think. Um, uh, again, China is the second largest economy in the world. Some people even put it first and, and when it comes to the production. So there's a lot of new money here and uh, a lot of bad eating habits. You know, before, a generation ago, they usually ate vegetables. You know, they, they even had a famine under Mao. Millions died. And now they got meat. They got meat galore. They're growing meat. They got meat. They got these industrial meat farms. They're growing mutated fish without bones. It's just, uh, it's just as bad as the U.S. It's just as bad. So that's just a, another misconception um, that we just need to, yeah, get rid of. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, things that you've seen since this, this has started, particularly since it has intensified and uh, we've heard more fatalities reported in the U.S. specifically. Uh, are they are they having incidents of 5G towers being attacked and burned or people blaming the Rona on 5G in China? Absolutely not. I haven't heard one story about it. Absolutely not. And you have the option to get, you have the option to not have 5G. Most people still use 4G, so it's not even something that comes up. Has any of that, um, or I guess what has been your observation of that? Have you seen any of that where people are saying, hey, we don't think this is any sort of viral pandemic at all. We think this is just uh, 5G technology and, and its impact on us. Absolutely not. I have not seen one post uh, on Weibo, which is like the Facebook of China, and, we, and Weixin, which is like the Twitter. I have not seen one post on 5G possibly causing corona. That's just, yeah, nobody's discussing it at all. Um, there are people who, generally older generation uh, folks who just warn of not just 5G, but 4G. They think most they think people should not use their cell phones so much because it might be bad for their, you know, bad for their health. But that's it. And they were doing that since 2G. So, but nobody's saying... <laughs> Uh, corona is coming from anything other than uh, the wet markets in Wuhan. 5G plays no part. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, have people uh, in China, have you seen people posting home remedies to cure the Rona? Uh, things that you can concoct yourself for immunity or to make sure that you, you squash it if you do catch it? Are you with us? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Let's see if I lose my... 
Oh, hello, hello, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Let's see. May have got a bad connection. Let's see. Hopefully we didn't lose our guest. Let's see. Double check, make sure I didn't get disconnected myself. Alright, so I'm still looks like I'm still here. I'll double check and see. <clears throat> Make sure we did not lose our guest here. All righty, adding back. Let's see. Hello. Okay, got you. Grand, sorry we lost you there. <laughs> I was getting my question in. I said, uh, so we got the 5G. Did you, when uh, in China, have you seen people posting, sharing any home remedies to cure the Rona uh, concoctions that you can catch that will give you immunity? Um, there were some people who were, who, was, uh, who were posting, you know, some things about how you could kill it not how you can like prevent it. Um, there was one, uh, but it was kind of, but it was all, all, all of them were always seen as a joke. Like the, one of the most famous ones was, you know, there's a type of, uh, the, the type of, uh, wine in China, rice wine called Baijiu. Uh, it's usually quite strong. Um, so people were posting, yeah, if you drink a glass of Baijiu every day, it could kill the coronavirus. But nobody took it seriously. People were reposting it as kind of a joke. Um, people were going to the hospital. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't looking online for remedies. They were just going to the hospital. Um, so could there be a couple of cases of it? Yeah, maybe. But nothing that I... Nothing that I saw that was common, except the one, like I said, about the Baijiu. You know, uh, drinking a glass of that a day could kill coronavirus if you had it. But like I said, most people didn't believe it. It was just kind of a joke. It was shared often, but shared as a joke. Wow. Context of white supremacy. Uh, we had our listeners' question about the treatment of Africans. I know. Uh, Italy uh, has been ravaged by this as well uh, as Spain. Has there been any like, oh man, we don't want you know Italians coming and hanging out here like they did a terrible job in dealing with this or, or Spaniards? Has there been any sort of uh, response or is it just a lockdown in general? Like we don't want you know folks coming in from outside the country at all right now. That, that's exactly what it is. The latter. They, um, I have a colleague. Um, uh, I probably shouldn't know his name. Um, but I have a colleague from Spain. Um, he and his uh, Russian wife, um, who just had a baby, they went. They went to uh, they went to Thailand um, when this things broke out. She was worried about the baby. He, you know, um, they were going to vacation anyway. But um, I had informed them that maybe they should come back. Uh, because, you know, um, maybe they would, you know, lock the country down. Um, they said, eh, no, we're not sure. We're going to stay a little longer. 
and now they are still in Thailand. They are down to their last pennies, all of their property uh, and things that, that are still here on the university campus in their house. Uh, it's probably going to be tossed next week. They cannot come in back in, and they have no idea when they can. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They haven't got married yet. So she wants to go back to Russia. He wants to go back to Spain, but there's no airlines that are willing to fly him back. And he is not allowed to go into Russia because they don't want people from Spain to come in. Um, Italy, uh, every country in the world, um, there's going to be an amazing shortage of uh, um, foreign uh, work visas in the next year or two because, um, yeah, they're just not letting people back in the country. And um, so they don't care what color you are especially if you're from Spain or you're from Italy, like you, you won't even get to the, you won't even get to the tarmac. Context of white supremacy. And I was thinking uh, Russia, they have been reporting that it's been uh, getting worse there and hold on. So, yeah, no, no surprises there at all. Uh, let me see other folks. If you all have a question, uh, 605-313-5164, the code Five six four nine four three pound. What has been the the response? Uh, President Trump. Uh, he's backed off of it of late, but he's done quite a bit of the Chinese virus, or and even of late, the pivot has just been to come back and say, "Well, uh, who? Uh, they did a really poor job uh, of investigating China, and they were duplicit. They they didn't, you know, they were not forthright in telling us how bad this thing was, and if they had given up all the information, we could have." done a better job in coordinating our response and all the rest of it. What has been the response in China for being blamed uh, for all of this and the Chinese virus and, and the rest of it? Um, that's kind of twofold. In one way, um, the the Chinese virus, it'd be called the Chinese virus, I didn't see it. I didn't see, you know, not social media. I didn't see a lot of people, like, going off about that. Um, it seemed like Asian Americans were more offended than the people here, or should I say, Chinese Americans. But it wasn't, they weren't like worried about that over here like that. Um, but what they, what they do often say is that, um, they say Americans have a short attention span. At first when I, you know, I saw this comment, I, I, I was a little offended myself. And uh, one of my colleagues had, you know, mentioned that once. And I said, and I told him, I said, you know, some people consider that, you know, maybe a little rude or whatever. And he explained uh, that Trump, he he banned Chinese uh, from flying into the country, um, I believe, February, February 1st or the 2nd. But then, so that should have taken care of that problem. But, you know, a lot of people forget about that. They forget he had the travel ban. Because then the very next week, he said it was a hoax. And they play that video over and over over here that it was a hoax. Then he said it was a plot by the Democrats to hurt the economy. Then he told people to, hey, go to church. Uh... 
go out and do whatever. This is all a hoax. It's not real. And, and the Chinese are right. A lot of Americans that I talk to just kind of forget about that. He had a travel ban in February. So he can't blame who for that. February was, that's, you know, that's more than a month. That's more than, well, it's about two months now. He had a travel ban from people from China in February. So that should have cut down a lot of cases. Now, what, what happened is he did that, and then he told people, you know, but he, but white folks, Italians are flying in like crazy. The Spanish people were flying in like crazy. French people flying in like crazy. And a lot of them had the virus as well. They didn't screen them. They had been to China. Or there's a lot of Chinese people who vacation in those countries, who go to school in those countries. So the European nations, you know, they were flying in and out of the place. We didn't seem to have a problem. But they were spreading the virus in America too. And so the Chinese point this out. Um, and most importantly, they play that video over and over again. I see sometimes when he says, oh, it's a hoax. And he looks so sure about himself when he said it too. He was talking to his uh, band of idiots, MAGA folks, and one of his uh, WWE rallies. And yeah, he just, it's a hoax. You know, folks, go out, do, you know, do whatever you want. The Democrats are just doing this, and it's not real. He said, um, you know, he, he even used the word, it will disappear. And nobody in China was that reckless. Actually, nobody in any country I, that I can think of is that reckless. So America's really special. So the Chinese, they, they, don't, give a, they don't care if you call it the China virus. Because for them, they, they don't have the China virus no more. Oh. Context of white supremacy. Has there been uh, any concern? I know they, uh, as you said, have been extremely village, uh, vigilant uh, about folks uh, flying in and, and blocking a lot of folks from flying into the country so that they're not uh, importing uh, the virus, that sickness, back into uh, the country. Uh, has there been any concern about, I guess, what they're calling like a second wave? Like, or, or is it thinking that, hey, we, we are past the worst. And as long as we, you know, keep our masks and all the rest, we, we should be good. Um, I would lie if I said I don't think the government believes that there could be a second wave. Um, but if there is, it's one that they want to maintain, something they can keep track of. So, um but like I said, just like that, you know, the video in Guangzhou, people, you know, talking to all these people being kicked out of their homes or whatever, it's because there was an uptick in the, in the virus in Guangzhou. And every other city in China, it's been going down. Or even in Wuhan, the epicenter. So, and Guangzhou is one of those, it's, it's like the, you know, the, uh, kind of like the Los Angeles, you know, for the financial capital besides Shanghai. So you get a lot of, you know, international travel back and forth. So um, I think that they believe that it could, it could come back sparingly, but as long as they 
you know, just stay vigilant with this, you know, same kind of policy they've had uh, since uh, February. I think, uh, I think uh, it's probably not going to get nearly as bad as it as it was. Actually, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, unless they just, I don't know, start taking in Italian and Spanish refugees, mm. <laughs> maybe, you know. But um, no, I don't think it's going to come back. Uh, and at least uh, nearly as bad as it was before. And I think um, medically they can treat it better as well. Wow. What uh, has anything else stood out in terms of significance just from you watching, uh, particularly as this has unfolded in the U.S.? I know you talked about uh, people being reluctant to accept uh, suggestions and to follow the guidance from the government officials, uh, the lack of guidance uh, that's being offered and people being reckless, not taking it serious. Has anything else stood out in terms of uh, the responses that you've seen, especially here in the States? Um. One thing that I'm, you know, one thing that particularly bothers me is that um, the amount of weight that we as black Americans put into um, our so-called entertainment class, musicians, uh, movie stars, you know, what have you. I, it's, it's really funny. I, I see, uh, well, okay, I guess I shouldn't be... Uh, I guess there would be a contradiction for me to expect more from them because I think that we put too much stock into them. But um, I noticed here in China, there was a lot of, uh, you know, music stars and uh, um, uh, movie stars, musicians uh, doing a lot of PSAs, but they were doing it, you know, based on, you know, uh, scientific data. Um, things that the government told them that these are important things that we should get out to people. And I see I see a big lack of that in the U.S. right now. I think some of that has to do maybe some people are afraid to even tell people to stay inside and be safe. They might have, you know, MAGA hats at their door with guns. Uh, just and I see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the hip-hop stars, and, uh, and I try not to watch this stuff, but, but I monitor it, like, every once or twice every week just to see what's being said. And I see a lot of these rappers just saying a lot of really ignorant things. Um, yeah, I, I've seen, like, the, the parties, people are having corona uh social distancing parties where they got black women dancing half naked on their Instagrams and a hundred thousand people viewing. And I'm just thinking all that time wasted. I just, they could be reading, they could be learning something right now. These stimulus checks are coming out. Um, at least maybe some bills to be taken care of for a while. And you're already at home. There's so many free courses online to take to learn something, a new trade. Uh, go out and buy some seeds, some compost, grow something, learn something. And it's, I just don't see any of that. 
And I saw a lot of that here. You know, I got in yoga and programming. And a lot of people can't even get a book through. And it's just, I don't know. That, that, that's what troubles me the most. I just see so much wasted time and so much foolishness. Um, people just want to be entertained rather than taking this time to reflect and, and be vigilant about saving their lives. That's okay. That actually that worries me a lot. So, you know, I love my people, and I, I, it, it really hurts to see that. You know, I get angry, but at the same time, I know the situation that, you know, white supremacy put us in. And I just wish there were more people, more, more people that a lot of black people look up to, you know, these stars or whatever, who, you know, do something constructive, say something constructive. No, um, but I don't know. Maybe it'll get better. Fingers crossed. Constructive use of time and energy. Very important. Uh, I did want to make sure I got in as well. Did you see uh, any of the reports where they were talking about um, so-called Asian Americans and them being like people saying uh, they would be at an airport and uh, like an Asian American person would cough, but hey, watch it, chink, uh, where they were being subjected mm-hmm. to white supremacy, racism, and, and blamed for this in the States. Did you see any of the, uh, those type reports? And if so, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, of course, the Chinese media would show, you know, show these things happening. Um, you know, people just have their opinions about it. You know, of course, they'd be angry, but they just didn't dedicate a whole lot of time to it. You know, some, I saw some, like, you know, medicines in China, you know, on uh, Weibo, and uh, they were stupid for going over there anyway, you know, just, you know, things like that. Um, But for the most part, yeah, people were upset about it, but, um, and when I saw it, I just, you know, to be expected, you know, it's... um, you know, when when people just don't know a lot, it, it's strange. People who don't know a lot do a lot, and uh, and so when I was watching people yelling at Asians for wearing masks, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> they're doing you a favor. <laughs> but they see it like, ah, oh, Rona, no. <laughs> The mask is is helping you. So if they do have it, you won't get it. So then I saw the you know the videos of people on trains or airports. And then they'll see somebody with the mask, somebody Asian, and then just start wailing off on them, beating them. I'm like, okay, if you don't want to get the coronavirus, they got a mask on. Why would you touch them? It just, and, and some of that I thought, okay, yes, it's just people being racist and being mean, but a lot of it, yeah, I still think it has to do with people just not having, you know, a lot of information about it. And I saw so many, that's the thing that really drove me crazy about those videos is that instead of you saying, oh, Asian person with the mask and moving away, you attack them, you put hands on them. So if they have the virus, you have the virus. And that, that, that just, 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I, you know, had the quarantine. I had time to think, but uh, I just, uh, or maybe I'm just not. Maybe it's got pretty decent common sense. I guess I don't know. Man, oh man, the cows context of white supremacy. Uh, we still give out this suggestion: wash hands. You can do simple things: wash hands, wear your mask. Are you still wearing your mask when you go out in public? Every day. Every day. Wash your hands. Every day. Wear your mask. Uh, maintain proper distance from other folks. No handshakes. Hopefully, we can be done with handshakes like forever. Uh, yeah. Have no reason to bring those back. Uh, we can greet, speak, do all that other stuff, and everybody can keep their cooties to themselves. Uh, did any of the folks uh, that are with us? Did we miss any folks with questions? I know we're way, way outside of our normal call time or broadcast time. Uh, so a lot of folks who normally would be listening live, what have you, will just have to get it from the archives. But any of the folks have questions? Did we get everybody? Everybody satisfied? Uh, I got a question. If I'm allowed to ask, Henry in Chicago. Oh, sure. oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> The uh, what? How is the testing going on uh, over there? Um, because I know, like, with the test here, you know, uh, they still have kits where you have to wait like about you know uh, six days, you know, for your coronavirus uh, results. Uh, is the testing more advanced over there, or I mean, is it the same? Uh, yes, it uh, is. same as it is up here. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, the testing here, uh, you can get. Uh, you can get a uh, positive, uh, positive or negative uh, uh, indicators within 48 hours, sometimes less. And the thing about China is, is that its healthcare system is not private. So um, anybody who feels sick, they don't ask you for your insurance card. They put you in isolation wing. They take your temperature. They give you a test. They give you a bed or a cot to stay in. They'll bring some food to you. And if you're clear, you go home. And nobody's paying for it. And this is another problem with America. I remember hearing Nancy Pelosi saying, hopefully we can get uh, make the, the kits affordable. Oh, the Chinese had a field day with that over here. They were thinking, affordable? Like... <laughs> If it's not affordable, then that means there's going to be people who won't get tested and they might have the virus and then they're going to spread the virus. So, um, and I made no uh, presidential candidate uh, endorsements of any kind, but um, the old Bernard the Bigot Sanders, I will say he was right about one thing, and that's uh, socialized medicine in the U.S. because that is a, that is one of the Number one reasons countries like uh, uh, Spain uh, and Italy are having this problem because they do have socialized medicine, but not they're not covered for the, the coronavirus uh, testing. And America, of course, you know what America is. You said uh, your wife works in a hospital. So I'm sure you know how the billing is there. And so I think people afford to go to the hospital are actually staying at home with symptoms and maybe the virus and giving it to their children because they can't afford to go to the hospital. 
And that's the real tragedy about, I think, the most damning thing about America now is that system, how inhumane it is. And of course, black people being the poorest people in the country, we are going to get hit hardest. And I knew that was going to happen. think they got Henry in Chicago with the differences in testing uh, that is long legacy of white supremacy racism really and continued dedication we certainly are not going to have world class medical care uh, where it would benefit millions of black people like absolutely not we'll have lots of white sacrifice and even white people have acknowledged that that is a major reason why we do not have quality health care in this part of the world much more what they call homogeneous areas Spain, Italy they don't have as many non-white people especially many black people uh, did we nab all our questions? I think we got everybody any other folks that dialed in spectacular uh, again uh, thank our guest uh, black male listener in China uh, man oh man really interesting time in the world and just fascinating to be able to get you back on the program to get uh, your perspective on all of this from the other side of the world Uh, hopefully the next time that we have you on the program this will be all squashed and so it'll just be oh man remember the last time we were talking about the Rona and how crazy all that was and blah 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 and uh, no second wave for anybody Uh, everybody will be safe we'll have washed our hands and we'll be moving on to talk about other things how we have almost vanquished white supremacy but uh in the meantime man i hope you uh will keep it up with the yoga Uh, i was so happy to hear uh get more folks uh doing some practicing uh hopefully uh you will be safe keep it up uh with the teaching hope uh you and the rest of your colleagues things go well we will definitely be in touch seeing how all of this uh resolves stateside uh, we'll definitely be uh, updating and, and looking forward to other updates, what you have to say. But again, thank you so much for taking some time out of your Thursday evening to speak with us again. The prediction always appreciate. That's what we should be trying to do. If we think we have an understanding of something, make predictions. Let's see if you really uh, can predict what's going to happen in the future. But uh, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your time and we will look to speak with you soon. Good, sir. Okay, thank you. And uh, one last thing I'd like to say, um, my first time on the cows, uh, uh, I, I committed the worst sin by using the word fair. I'm <laughs> more codified now. I'm a lot more codified now, and I feel much better about the second appearance. So um, hopefully time to knock it out the park, and hopefully this will be over. And uh, thank you, sir. And, uh, and hopefully all the listeners... Uh, listening now and even on the playback I hope you can get some constructive information from this and please stay alive I love you, I love you all and I hope we uh, get better about understanding um, how dangerous this thing is and let's beat it Okay. and uh, thank you guys thank you stay safe and uh, absolutely we will chat it up soon with much better understanding about how to defeat this and white supremacy racism Take care, get some rest, and uh, we will talk to you soon, sir. Okay. Talk to you uh, hopefully soon. Absolutely. Take care, guys. You too. Be well. Bye-bye. Context of white supremacy, black male in China. 
Man. At least for right now, that is the prediction of 2020. Wow. Uh, hopefully we'll have something that'll be, I don't want to say positive, but not uh, bleak. But I mean, wow. Uh, that is that is def- Like I said, it, it had been so fast in terms of just things evolving every second and the changes that I had forgotten that he had even said that for a minute. It took a while for me to even remember like, oh, wow, he had said that it was going to be really bad for black people. But Anywho, I'm so glad we were able to get him on the program. I really wish we could have had him in the normal uh, slot. You know, we normally broadcast just so that um, typical, you know, live listeners or anybody really uh, would have more of an opportunity to be able to get questions in. I always think it's great uh, to be able to take an take advantage uh, when you have people uh, who are in different parts of the world that you might not have normal access to, to be able to ask them questions, to help your understanding of white supremacy, racism, or this, you know, specific global pandemic. Uh, But, you know, the archives will be there and uh, yeah, maybe we can get it back on the program uh, if folks uh, have a question down the road, but glad folks were able to listen. Uh, The folks who were here uh, live, hope it was worthy of your time and energy. We will be here in Let's see. So for me, it's 10 a.m. So we'll be back for program number two today in about seven hours, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We're doing the book club, Dr. Layla O. Africa, nutrients. Well, depending on the version of the book you have, uh, nutritional destruction of black people, also nutricide. Uh, we just started last week. Uh, so this week we are kind of uh, kind of towards the middle of chapter one. Uh, but that'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific uh, later on today, working hard through the pandemic. I said that to somebody this weekend, like, man, I need a vacation after all the Rona nonsense because we have broadcasted furiously uh, during all of this. We should be on uh, tomorrow with workplace racism, compensatory call in on Saturday and then our global Sunday talk this coming Sunday. I am looking forward to checking in with folks uh, in Austria, the UK, different parts of the world to see. Uh, Now we've got 30 days. Almost thought we were going to lose Boris Johnson for a few days. Prime Minister of the UK uh, to see uh, what they have to say about this one month down the road. Uh, Anywho, uh, anything folks need to get in before we get ready to wrap things up? Heavy lifting today for the cows. Hello, Gus. Ma'am. Yes, um, I don't know if you had heard, and uh, my apologies if maybe it was already announced on another uh, broadcast you did, but uh, uh, the State Department has stopped uh, issuing passports temporarily in, in the wake of the pandemic, so I just wanted to let you know they're only issuing it uh, for life-death situations, so I know you were planning the retreat in Canada, so I just wanted to let you know if you weren't already aware. Thanks. Much obliged, ma'am. Gee, Willikers. I thought that was going to happen, that it was going to be either it would take a long time if they didn't pause altogether. I already have my passport, thankfully. Not that you can, you know, go too many places, but uh, I am not surprised about that at all. Uh, The State Department either not issuing. Who knows when that could be? Woo, man, oh, man. Uh, Anywho, I did say that. I am so glad I said that repeatedly at the beginning of the year before we had all of the Rona rush. Uh, very good to have that in hand. Uh, I was not exactly thinking it'd be a situation like this where they wouldn't even be issuing, uh, passports for a while, but I did say it is kind of good to go ahead and have that in hand. Never know when it might come in handy. Uh, even, you know, if you're not planning on making a trip to Brazil or China or what have you, just to be able to have that 
boop, other bit of identification for whatever you might need can be good just to have it as opposed to not having it and then needing it. But wow, that is good information. The saga continues. Who knows uh, when things will have some semblance of uh, normalcy again. Anywho, uh, much obliged for the folks uh, tuning in live. Uh, you will get another opportunity. We will be back, as I said this evening, for the book club, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, hopefully, folks can be safe and constructive. Uh, in, me- in the meantime, reading is great. Uh, if you're on the plantation, stay safe. Uh, if you were listening while uh, working, uh, if you are at home, enjoy the day. I know it's nice and warm here. If you can be outside safely and still distance, you know, mask, all the rest of it, get some vitamin D. Uh, I tried to do that this week as well while still being distanced. I wasn't hanging out with a mob or anything uh, while I got my sun time outside. Uh, but stay safe, stay active, eat well, take amazing care of yourselves. And uh, we will be back a little bit later in the day, hopefully for more constructive programming. Uh, until then sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy again let's try and do everything we can preserve our health brain computers in addition to being sober let's be buckled every time we are in a vehicle driver or passenger if you are behind the wheel you are sober buckled and you are definitely not on the phone uh, under these times with all of the chaos you can't even get a passport you don't want to be behind the wheel and have people stopping you and asking you do you have paperwork to say you're an essential worker and all the rest and you're on the phone nah if it's phone time you can just stay in the house and do all that when you're out in the vehicle like recognize not only are we in a system of white supremacy we're under pretty uh, unusual circumstances with lots of rowdy armed whites sometimes they're out protesting all of this so be mindful be deliberate strategic once you hop in that vehicle with that creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim What's brother a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning even my conditioning has been conditioned. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.